Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church, Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another, and impacting the world. Family, after the service, I do trust that this morning uh, and the whole day is truly a Merry Christmas. So that you know, we're in the middle of a series. It's a Christmas series that's taken from the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, from verse 18 to 25. If you have a Bible, it would help you to follow along as I take you through the passage. That's Matthew chapter 1. My son has a brand new Bible. He got it for Christmas. He is currently looking in the index to find Matthew. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. It's just after the halfway mark in your Bible. And it's a long book. If you, if you kind of like thumb through it, you'll find it. Matthew chapter 1. We're going we're gonna to read from God's word, and then I'm going to explain the meaning of God's word, and God willing, his spirit will apply his word into our hearts. This isn't an exercise of oration. It's not something which I do by myself. It's not something that you do as listeners. This is something that the Holy Spirit does. And so even to prepare our hearts and our minds for the reading and for the teaching of God's word, let me lead us in a time of prayer. Would you bow your heads and pray together with me? Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we recognize this morning that you are so far above us, so separated from your creation, so transcendent, that if it had not been for you desiring to communicate yourself to us, we would have no clue who you were. And yet, Lord, precisely because you do reveal yourself to us, we know who you are. We can have a restored relationship with you. This morning, Lord God, as we look at your word, we ask, would you show us your dear son, Jesus Christ, once again? Even as we once again ponder his birth and remember him this Christmas day, Lord, would you so move in our minds that we would understand your message to us? Would you so stir our hearts, Lord God, that we would believe? Father God, would you conform our lives? to your will and to your way, that you might receive much praise and glory from your people gathered here. These things I pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, who is both Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, friends, by now I hope that you have found your place in Matthew chapter 1. I read to you from verse 18 to verse 25. Hear the words... Of God. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Just so far in the reading of God's word. Well, as I said, this is the third week that we are looking at this passage And it's a passage that I imagine you are familiar with. It's part of the Christmas story that we celebrate every year, even from a young age. This morning, we're going to quickly scan through it because we've been going through it in quite a bit of detail over the past two weeks. But I would like to make some brief points for the benefit of visitors who are with us. I intend on expounding Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 to 23 in particular, paying attention to the phrase, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So beginning at verse 18, the first half of verse 18, it reads... Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Matthew intends to present Jesus as the king of the Jews. In actual fact, this passage from verse 18 to verse 25 could very well be titled the birth of the king. If you pick up the story In the second half of verse 18, it says that when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, that word betrothed really just means engaged, before they came together, before they had sexual intercourse, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now the situation in the second half of verse 18 is tense. Mary is pregnant and Joseph knows that he isn't the father. Joseph knows he can't be the father because him and Mary have not had sexual intercourse yet. The story continues in verse 19. Read along with me. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. At this stage, you know something poor Joseph 
doesn't know. All Joseph knows is that Mary is pregnant and he is not the father. And it's eating him up inside. How should he act? What should he do? And then, behold, hark, pay attention. Watch out for what comes next. An angel appears to him. Picking up in the second half of verse 20. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The angel said to Joseph, call his name Jesus. Jesus means Yahweh saves. The baby in the manger, Jesus Christ, is the personification of the salvation of the Lord. It is his name. It is what he came to do. He will save his people from their sins. He did not come to bring political liberation or economic redemption or social emancipation. Our text is clear. He came to bring salvation from sins. It is well said. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. An educator. If your greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent us a savior. Here is the point of Christmas. Miss this and you miss everything. Christmas is the story of our Lord who saves. Picking up the story in verse 24. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. Joseph was an obedient man and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Last part of the verse in verse 25. And he called his name Jesus. Like even at that name, my heart flutters. He called his name Jesus. As commanded, he named his son by adoption Jesus. At its heart, The Christmas story is a miraculous story of the conception of a king, of the king. Well, that is the nativity story as we are all so familiar with it. But now, I would like to turn your attention to Matthew's commentary 
on the Christmas story. His comments explain what is going on here, what is going on under the surface. And we read them in verse 23, uh, verse 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Note, the Christmas story was to fulfill a prophecy. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, God to us. We covered that two weeks ago. Note, the prophecy spoke of the virgin birth of a son. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son. God like us. We covered that last week. Note, and they will call Jesus Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's what we're going to briefly cover this morning. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel the world is broken? Of course you do. Why is the world broken? To find out the why, we must go back to the beginning. Your Bible, Thomas, in its first verse, opens with the words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the world in untested perfection. Then after six days of creativity, God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. If it was so very good then, how is it now so very broken? We read in chapter 2 of the book of Genesis that the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you shall surely eat of every tree in the garden, but... The tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. In the garden of paradise, our father's father, Adam, had one command to obey. But instead of obedience, Adam chose Rebellion. Instead of relationship, Adam chose enmity. The serpent tempted Eve. You can read about that in Genesis chapter 3. She saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise and so she took of its fruit and ate and she gave also some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Why is the world so very broken? 
the fall of man into disobedience, the fall of man into rebellion. Shortly after the fall of man into sin, God cursed the serpent, the woman, and the man because sin bears consequences, terrible consequences. But before God deals out the consequences, there is a phrase that I want you to catch in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Do not miss this moment. The Lord God walked in the garden. The story begins in a garden and God is with us. There was a time before the brokenness, before everything went wrong, when God was with us, when God walked with us, when God talked with us, when God related to us. Sin severely or sin severed our relationship with God. He no longer walks with us as he once did. He no longer talks with us as he once did. He no longer relates to us as he once did. There is now a great gulf between God and man. But God created us for relationship. We will only find satisfaction in a restored relationship with God. We can attempt to fill the void with things, but in the end, nothing will satisfy us until we find our satisfaction in Him. So here's a question. Can we restore the relationship between man and God? The answer is no. No, we can't. Because even our best efforts fail to meet God's perfect righteous standard. Have you ever tried to be good? How did that work out for you? In and of ourselves, we have no hope of restoring the relationship between God and man. But there is a twist in the Bible's tale. A gurgling, crying baby boy. Born of Mary and adopted by Joseph, Jesus Christ, cradled in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Emmanuel, God with us. We could Never restore the relationship destroyed by sin. We could not save ourselves from our sin, but God could, and so God did. God himself entered into this world and dwelt amongst men. God with us. His best friend and disciple John said of Jesus, we heard him, We saw him with our eyes. We touched him with our hands. And he was made manifest to us. Elsewhere, John says, He came into the world and became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. 
glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Apostle Paul wrote, He is the image of the invisible God. Later, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And again, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. He is God with us. Jesus Christ is God's plan to restore the relationship between God and man. In his life, his righteousness proved. In his death, the wrath of God appeased. In his resurrection, the power of God demonstrated. In his person and his work, Jesus Christ saves his people from their sins. Friend, do you desire to have your relationship with God restored? Do you desire to find satisfaction in him? Jesus died for your sins. He rose from the grave and today is on offer to you. Repent. Turn from your sin and put your faith and your trust in Him. Jesus, God with us, is calling you now, saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall surely live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? The story's Genesis is in a garden, God with us. The story's twist in the tale is in a manger, God with us. Now I ask the question, does God intend to dwell with us again? Because the story's epic triumph is forever and ever God with us. Friends, in your own Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter 21. Just the first four verses. We're we're nearly finished. I just want to give a final encouragement to believers in the room. It says in Revelation chapter 21, the last book in the Bible, really towards the end of that book, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Believer, the Christmas story has Jesus 
as baby in the manger. But the Bible story doesn't end there. Jesus will soon return as king to reign and to rule forever and ever. God with us in the garden, God with us in the manger, God with us for eternity to come. Christmas is the story of our Lord who saves. God with us, who came born as a helpless babe in Bethlehem. God with us, heralded by angel choruses. God with us, worshipped by shepherds and wise men. God with us, with sheep and oxen standing by. God with us, who lived among us as one of us, tempted in every way but without any sin. God with us who came as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. God with us who healed himself and his life to a cruel cross. God with us who rose again triumphant over the grave. God with us who will one day dwell with us forever and ever who came into the world to save sinners, upon whom we have believed for eternal life. The King of all ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. In the garden, God with us. In the manger, God with us. Forever and ever, God with us. Lord God, this Christmas time, I do pray that we will lay hold of these truths of Scripture. For those that have not yet cast themselves on the person of Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, Lord God, even today might they believe. Father, for those of us who are in Christ, even this morning would you give us much hope and expectation of our soon-to-come King, that we would praise him both in this life and then forever and ever in the life to come. These things we pray. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.